Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve. Joining me, as always, is the lovely Hannah. Hannah, how are you doing this week? <laughs> I feel real spooky. How are you doing? It's spooky season, you know? It's November 1st, day after Halloween, at the time of recording. We watched last week a movie about superheroes. And this week, we watched a movie about sorcerers. And next week, we're watching a movie about witches. It, we couldn't have planned this better. No, absolutely Timing-wise. Well, you know, if it weren't for COVID, we would have taken, like, holiday weekends off. But yeah, that's fair. here we are. <laughs> so we're just crushing it. Silver Banging lining. them out. Silver week after lining. week. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I mentioned, we are going to talk about Sorcerer's this week because we watched the Disney flick, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. It's Disney. It is not animated. It's live action. And very briefly, it is about Nicolas Cage as a sorcerer who is training an apprentice, Jay Baruchel. Not... He, he plays a character. He's not himself. He's not actor Jay Baruchel in this movie. But Jay Baruchel, who you might know from This is the End or the I voice was, of Hiccup from the uh, How to Train Your Dragon I was going to ask like what I would know him from. Yeah, This is the End, which is the apocalypse movie with Seth Rogen. No. Oh, I've heard of it. it. I've just never seen oh, it. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's so good. And then he's the voice of uh, the lead character, Hiccup, in the also How to Train, never saw that. How to Train, Train Your Dragon. dragon. No. How to Train Your Dragon. Um would have won easily, handedly, best animated picture at the Oscars, but it came out the same year as Toy Story 3. Mm, Just one of those things. It's tough. So, yeah, he's the Sorcerer's Apprentice, and they have to fight off some evil sorcerers together while also training and learning to love. Oof. (laughs) (laughs) This one was just another one that didn't really capture the magic. Very just fair just a movie was this unfortunately so let's get started with this week's podcast and we usually kick things off with hannah relaying some info some stats some numbers what do you got for us so sorcerer's apprentice came out in 2010 as mentioned did i oh maybe (laughs) i think we're we're in the year 2010 i think that's two weeks in a row where you're like yeah yeah when steve mentioned the year it came out and i'm like i I think I forgot to mention I, the year I, the past few times. I'll be honest with you. I barely listen to anything that you say in the beginning of That's the podcast. That's so nice of you. That's the <laughs> nicest thing you've ever said to me. Awesome. Okay. 2010, as I just mentioned. So you've heard it twice now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, we're looking at a 6.1 out of 10 rating on IMDb and a 40% mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Not great Rotten Tomatoes wise. No. So this movie, the budget was 150 million, and it made 215 million at the box office. Okay, so it maybe just barely made its money back, depending on marketing. Well, I think it came out the same weekend as Inception, so that was so, its, that was honestly, its demise. A 200 million for coming out the same week as Inception—that's pretty good. Yeah, all things considered. I probably saw Inception this weekend instead of seeing The Sorcerer's Apprentice ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely didn't see The Sorcerer's Apprentice until today. No. Uh, I I feel like I have. Watching the movie, I was like, yeah, some of this feels familiar, but Mm. it's not something that I held in very high regard, I suppose, at the time. So Mm -hmm. didn't really keep too much space in my subconscious for most of that detail. Yeah, it's really not worth it. (laughs) (laughs) It's already gone. Yeah. (laughs) In one ear, out the other. Yeah. Should we go through some behind the scenes? Yeah, what do you got behind the scenes wise? So this movie was Nick's idea for the most part. He wanted oh, wow. to explore a mystical world and play a character with magical powers. Because he saw how popular the Harry Potter movies were. Fair. <laughs> but yeah. so I had asked you right before we started and um, I said, just save it for the podcast. But yeah. was this based on a book? No. So this, well, yes and no. I mean, okay. the... The story of Merlin is an old oh, yeah. one. <laughs> right. Okay. So yeah, I mean, they tie in ancient sorcerers like Merlin right in the beginning of the movie. And actually, it's a major part of the movie. We'll get into it. But so that's the part that's based off the book. Well, that would be the only book that this would be based <laughs> off of other than a German poet 
there's a wow some german poetry but this is mm-hmm. mostly because it's disney based off of fantasia oh. as you may have noticed i yes. don't know if you did in the mop scene yeah okay it is shot for shot okay so yeah we had spoken to somebody who said oh i think that was a cartoon from back in the day and we we're like no nah, i don't think so but so i guess who said that my parents <laughs> oh god here we go the so, <laughs> i don't even know how to say this <laughs> all right so back in our episode from oh, no. uh trapped in paradise was that what it was called oh, trapped yeah, in paradise the john saying. lovitz movie the christmas movie uh, the christmas movie where uh, on our podcast Whatever, hannah, i sneezed hannah sneezed and we went into a long tirade about how hannah was very very protective of a individual who sneezes a shall, lot shall who shall remain nameless anyway it's very funny at the time but we spoke it, to this individual today. <laughs> recently <laughs> today i don't know why <laughs> and so he was the one who had suggested to us that it was based off of a cartoon and I said, I yeah, don't think that, it is. That but, cartoon would be Fantasia. But Fantasia, because he thought it was called The Sorcerer's Apprentice. But Fantasia is a very popular movie. Indeed. <laughs> you look like you're looking something up. What do you got? Yeah, just more about Fantasia. Fantasia. Yeah, I started by looking. I know I said I was going to look up Fantasia, but I decided to look up the history of Merlin and King Arthur legends, things like that. And. It it predates most of the things that we know, but um, in modern fiction, I actually read this book. It's not that modern. It's from the 1800s, but Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court. It's a Mark Twain oh, okay. novel, um, and that's that was my first, I guess, like knowledge of mm. this fantastical world of Merlin and Mor- Morgan Le Fay. And mm-hmm. we had to read uh, The Sword and the Stone. Okay. Read, you ever read that I never one? Read it's that. the same thing. It's, yeah. a, it's a King Arthur story. It was really boring, I recall. So is a Connecticut Yankee. King <laughs> Arthur's court. Cool. So anyway, there is a an iconic scene in Fantasia where the mops and brooms come to life, and that is also repeated in this movie. Uh, shot for shot. Yeah, Nick Cage is not in this movie. So, or no, I'm sorry. he is in this movie. He is definitely, He's not in that scene though. That's so, why so we yes, won't talk I'm about in. it in the yeah, movie. But right. that's it was yeah interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie was announced by Disney to be made in 2007. So it was something that Nick decided to do before his financial uh, crash. Ah, yeah. This was the first feature film to use Kodak's Vision 3 2500 250D5207 stock, which uh, that means fucking nothing to me. Whoa, but that might mean get something out. to the you. The first movie to do that? I have no idea. <laughs> Codex apparently sent them 250,000 like yards of stock <laughs> before it came out. I don't know. Wow. I had to look up what stock was. I don't I, know. <laughs> I assume that movies are made digitally and you didn't need like physical film. Film. And that's, but I guess, that's film. I guess you do. Okay. If you're going to use the Kodak Vision 3 250 D5207. <laughs> That's just, everybody just makes movies on iPhones now, so <laughs> yeah. it's all over. <laughs> you kids and your TikToks. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. All right, let's see. Mob sequence is shot for shot, I mentioned that. Um, mm. I'm not going to, like, spoil anything by giving any of these details away. <laughs> <There's>... <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> no just, one cares. You, you hold on to your wizard's hats there, <laughs> folks, because we've got a... Hannah doesn't want to spoil anything because we've got a ripping yarn to tell you. <laughs> so there's a big book because every movie about wizards yeah. contains a large book. Yes. It's called The Incantus. Of course. Because of course it is. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it took three months to make that book. I feel like... I feel like they could have borrowed that from any other movie that's yeah. already made that same exact book. I feel like I could easily make a book that looks exactly like that. They didn't in have like to fill every page. Yeah. Come on. Like, what took three months? I, I don't know. Procuring, like, the materials? Was there, like, a procurement delay? Is that what took three months? It wasn't even a big part of the movie. No. <laughs> It was like kind of like, hey, use this book, and then they just put it in a corner. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it was like a spell book, whatever. Yeah, 
Yeah, so that took three months to create. And then the other thing that took the longest to plan out was there's a scene that happens in Chinatown. Oh, okay. And it took five months to plan the logistics for it. Seems like a lot. I thought so, too. <laughs> there was a lot of confetti used. That Apparently, a... they used like a thousand tons of confetti Jesus. or something like that. The, a lot of that scene relies on CGI, too. So mm-hmm. that's why you wouldn't think like it would need to... They could just CGI a bunch of There's just of a stuff. lot of people, a lot of yeah. confetti... You'd think movie makers <laughs> would like be able to handle this kind of shit. Well, they plan in five advance. Months? Five months in Jeez advance. Christ. Well, they took three months to make a book, Steve. I, I, so five months for a, a whole scene for a in whole Chinatown. scene in Chinatown. Is lightning fast. Yeah. You don't see that many scenes in Chinatown. Actually shot in Chinatown. Was it actually shot in Chinatown? Yes. No, oh, it wasn't like a set. No. Oh, okay. It was oh, in right. Chinatown. All right. That's what took so fucking long, all right? So cut them some slack. (laughs) They're just trying to make a movie here. (laughs) Um, So that took a long time to plan out, but there's a car chase that apparently didn't take long enough to plan out because one of the Ferraris in the car chase crashed into a Sbarro, Michael Scott's favorite (laughs) New York pizza company, New York pizza restaurant, and injured two pedestrians. Whoa. What was the other movie? Was it Con Air that actually killed people on set? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yikes. Not a great <laughs> no, track no, record. No deaths, but okay. All right. just some serious injuries. Another fun behind the scenes thing, kind of speaking of cars, Nick Cage's character has like a 1935 Rolls Royce mm, and mm-hmm. it's Nick's real car in real life that he, Whoa. when they, well, Nick, this was Nick's idea to make this movie. Oh, I didn't mention this is directed by John Turtletob and produced oh, yeah. by Jerry Bruckheimer. Oh yeah. His two bffs you know them from the national treasure movies and steve and i at the beginning when we saw we were like oh it's a bruckheimer film oh it's directed by john turtletop and then like the first scene we were like this feels like national treasure yeah. 2 book of secrets <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't feel like national treasure no one. it did not capture the magic no pun intended yeah i used that pun already but i know <laughs> wanted to make sure that okay. i'm still not intending for it to be okay. a pun. <laughs> fair enough but yeah, it does have that feel. I don't know exactly what that feel it's is. It's that Kodak Vision 3 250D 5207 is really <laughs> what did it for me. That's it. That works. That is interesting, though, to get us back on some sort of a track. That That is his actual car, though. Yeah, that's his car. That's cool. um, and he, he offered it up because I suppose Turtle Top was like, yo, I think Balthazar should have some cool car. And he's like, oh. Oh, I got the one for you. Also, Nick Cage's character's name is Balthazar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's also something that's like written in a legend somewhere. In, yeah, in the old myths. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, that is what I have in terms of the movie. Not a ton that I was able to okay. collect. Um, and then in terms of his life, this is 2010. I think I mm-hmm. talked a little last week about some behind the scenes stuff. So... I kind of already covered most of it, but what yeah. I did realize is that this is the year of the interviews when he revealed that he did magic mushrooms with his cat, Lewis, uh-huh. and never felt closer to a person. He felt like it was his brother. Mind and you, also... Nicolas Cage has a brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then he also admitted to only eating animals that mate in a dignified manner in mm. 2010. Mm-hmm. So 2010 was a big year for some revelations by one Nicolas Cage. Mm. He only eats animals that mate in a, in a dignified, dignified well, what manner. he considers to be a dignified manner. Which is chicken and fish? Uh, yeah. I think it's just a weird way to say that he's trying to eat healthier. <laughs> he's like, I don't eat red meat, but I just don't want to have to talk about that. Yeah, because he's not in the same shape that he used to be in. He used to be absolutely ripped. And he's getting older, so I, I don't blame him you know, or anything. And he's not No, I believe shape, he's always... Like, this isn't something new for him. It's just the first time that he's admitted that he right, did this. Right. So weird, this guy. Why I'm we... sure that like the craft people on set have always had to like really cater to his uh, dietary course. needs. I mean, they do regardless. Like the craft people, yeah, like everybody on set, true. shelters and because ultimately the the stars of the movie or the actors are yeah, the ones. They who probably have to... don't even eat at the craft table. Well, they, they probably have... have their own. They're, they're the ones who have to deliver the final product so the whole movie is either good or bad based on the actors being good or bad so mm-hmm. that's why they get coddled and just sure of course we'll give you vegan organic 
what do they say in the simpsons you've never seen the simpsons but <laughs> I've, I've seen the simpsons <laughs> but I, someone's a level five vegan they don't need anything that casts a shadow <laughs> anyway so that kind of shit yeah anyhow that's all i got that's all you got oh that, i mean that's some interesting tidbits from behind the scenes though um even though it's not as plentiful as some other movies it's still some interesting stuff i think it kind of proves how lame this movie was that i wasn't able to get much from it yeah so let's get into this movie and maybe as we discuss the nick cage scenes we can figure out what makes this movie so lame i have two theories uh also we are we've once again ordered some food i'm checking right now it's it's late on a sunday so if there's a weird edit halfway through that's why (laughs) we are going to get some it will be here within the next 20 minutes 20 minutes. Okay, we can power through. We might have to pause before we do the uh, Nick Cage Awards. So the movie starts out, and it's... I don't know if this is like an accurate telling of Merlin and, and all like that. 700 BC or 740 something. AD, Britain. 740 oh, AD. AD. Oh, BC. We uh, oh. Yesterday we decided <laughs> that the new BC is, is going to be before COVID. Before COVID is BC, because we have to describe these times somehow. <laughs> so anyhow, they tell the story of Merlin, who had three apprentices. Uh, Nicholas Cage... Alfred Molina, who uh, people might remember as Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2. That's how I know him. <laughs> yes. Okay, I was like, this guy seems very familiar. Is he actor. actually British? No, I don't think okay. so. Okay, he plays a Brit in this. Yeah, they all have that kind of vague, old, wizardy... Except Nick. Except at least Nick. Nick's not doing that. Because right. we know that he's horrible at that. Right. And a female actress, I forget her name not a clue it's nick's girlfriend yes those are the three apprentices and nick and the girl are an item if you will veronica yes veronica is her name okay don't worry about it i forgot so i'm just gonna call her (laughs) veronica or the girl (laughs) (laughs) she only appears twice in this yeah so it's not really that important but in order to stop the one of the worst wizards in the world who's another Morgana girl Lefay. Morgana although they're Lefay. calling her Morgana which I doesn't matter <laughs> this whole okay this well for let me just say this movie Do takes it. place in Manhattan mm-hmm. well other than this AD yeah. scene yeah and everyone in this movie is supposed to be like born bred New Yorker and they mm-hmm. all talk like they're from the Midwest yeah yeah there is a there's a scene later with Jay Baruchel's love interest who goes like Oh, look at New York City. Like, she's got, like, a southern accent <laughs> really randomly. He soda pop. Yeah, he's like, I'm stepping in some pop. Sir, it's like, yeah. where are you from? Yeah. You're from Brooklyn. And you could make the argument and be like, well, he's an adult. Maybe he moved there. But we see him no, as a kid. we see him as a kid in Manhattan. Yeah. So you're not fooling anyone. Right. So anyhow. Uh, yeah. So there's the bad bitch wizard. And Morgan Le Fay, Morgana Le Fay, Morgan, whatever. whatever, bad bitch wizard. In order to trap her, she has to have her body and soul merged with Nick Cage's girlfriend. So Nick Cage seals the two of them away because their souls are bound to. Yeah, keep it's this like evil what happens away. in the new uh, season of The Haunting of Bly Manor. Wow, I did not watch that with you. Yeah, but good pull. It wasn't great, but okay. This season, <laughs> I mean, the show, and I personally don't find it that interesting. But my friend is in it, so our, I feel like our I have to dear, watch it. dear friend, our close <laughs> so compatriot, we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> is in that show. So anyhow, Merlin is about to die, and he says to Balthazar, Nicholas Cage, "Take my ring, my magic ring that sorcerers get all their power from." And it will respond to my heir, the only person who can eventually defeat the bad bitch wizard. And so Nick Cage, for a thousand years, starts, even though it's much more than a thousand years, 740 AD to 2000, 2740 years, searches the globe for a child. Uh, It's AD. So it's 1,306 yeah, yeah. years. Okay, so it is 1,300 years. Okay. But you know what? I mm-hmm. What I'm thinking about this ring situation, What it's like a single point of failure that if these wizards lose their ring, then they lose everything. Right. They don't have any power. Yeah, like what if Jay Baruchel, who ultimately has the ring, what if he like drops it off the side of a boat and, right. <laughs> and it's He's like, like in well, the ocean? I'm done. Yeah. That's it for my wizard career. They had a way of tracking 
something which we'll talk about in literally a second so they probably have a the way of dust. tracking it yeah that's probably... lame but I you know. need no you need the you need to create the dust out of something so that's you right use nick your cage has ring. his own ring so he would need so if jay baruchel dropped his sorry we have to talk about this okay if jay baruchel we're just getting really advanced for not even being past the first scene of the movie <laughs> fine who cares if jay baruchel drops his ring in the ocean as you're saying then he needs yeah. to go and bother a different wizard yeah in time Hoping that there is another wizard in time at the same, like in the same year as him living to summon some dust in order to find it. Yeah, I mean, okay, so, all right, so Jay Baruchel drops the ring (laughs) off the the side of a boat and lands in the ocean. Yeah. So, but Jay Baruchel doesn't know what the ring is. So he, like, well, yeah, he thinks it's like it was all in his head when he encounters it. No, 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 no. We're talking about, okay, any wizard drops the ring off of the side of a boat into the ocean. There's probably a way to make a new ring. It came from Merlin. Okay, right. So somebody else has to have a ring in order to find the the Merlin ring. Yeah, that's a single point of failure. Okay, but there are likely several wizards. You'd have to go and bother one. You'd be like, hey, sorry, I know that you're in the middle of something. However, I've dropped my ring in the ocean and really would appreciate if you can sorcerer up some yeah. dust for me yeah to find the ring yeah i don't see the problem with that Why? sorry i know that you're saving the world right now but i'm gonna need you to help me because i'm an idiot and i i'm clumsy well no you need to find the ring to save the world no, you need to find the ring <laughs> to save the world. i've kind of lost track of your argument here it doesn't matter let's All just right. move on let's just move on <laughs> past the first scene so Nicolas Cage takes the ring and he searches for a thousand years to try to find the air. He doesn't find the air until it's the year 2000, like a Jonas Brothers song. <laughs> 3000. Yeah, but it's a remake from the song for the year 2000. Gotcha. Anyhow, and Jay Bar- young Jay Baruchel is obviously not played by him, but he's on a field trip to the big city and he writes a little love note to a girl in his class and it blows away and he goes to chase after the love note and the love note blows all the way down the street and leads him to Nicolas Cage's antique shop. So also, okay. All right. I think before we get into now that we're in the modern day, I think we need to discuss what Nick Cage looks like in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Shocked that you haven't already. <laughs> well, because in the beginning it's like, all right, it's it's 700 AD. Okay, Reasonable. maybe that's why he's wearing that wig. <laughs> and maybe when we fast forward, he won't be wearing a wig of that sort. But his wig is very, it's very like Chad Kroger. It's very, it's very, Hannah once called it ramen noodles it on is, his head. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad. He also sometimes wears a fedora. Which is great. It's hot. It's great. He wears a vest and a long jacket. Yeah, and then I think inscribed on it are stars, right? Aren't there? Like, oh, are there? I think there's like cut out kind of appliques. It's yeah, it's hard to tell, but it's just, and that's the only thing he wears. But it's it's the hair. And is the what hair we're here is to, the here most to. important thing in this movie. It's it's rough. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> there's a great scene I think with you the hair said later once at the end. that you can mm. tell the oh, quality yeah. of the movie by the quality of nick's hair i i got that from another podcast but yeah he that's that was their theory like in the weatherman it was a good wig, really good wig, and it was really a good, good movie, movie. <laughs> and bangkok one, dangerous really bad wig really, really bad, bad movie, movie. <laughs> so anyway so nick cage is talking to the kid and he says well does something's so, like i know who you are dave and the kid's like how do you know my name and then he says very firmly, not quite a scream, but this is probably the closest we get all movie. Yeah. He screams. I have something I'd like to show you, Dave. How did you know my name was Dave? Because I can read minds. <laughs> and then he goes, nah, actually, it's written on your backpack. So in this antique shop, Nick Cage is like, oh, my God, I can't believe you just stumbled in here. Try the ring. And the dragon ring that Merlin has comes to life. And he's like, at long last, I found you. And then, okay, so what I didn't mention is that Nick Cage trapped the bad bitch wizard and his girlfriend and a few other wizards through history in a Russian doll, a Russian nesting doll Mm -hmm. type of thing. So this bad bitch wizard, Morgan Le Fay, Morgana, Morgana, whatever we want to call her, bad bitch wizard, Mm -hmm. it makes the most sense to me. Um, 
she has some followers throughout history. Yes. So that's like he's hunted all of them down and then trapped them within this nesting doll. Would have been a cool movie to see. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> More so than this. Right. <laughs> so the kid stumbles upon this Russian nesting doll and accidentally opens it up. And the outer layer of the R- Russian nesting doll that opens up is none other than Alfred Molina, Dr. Octopus, who manifests himself out of a bunch of bugs. And Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. He and Nick Cage have a bit of a brawl in the in the antique shop. And so much so that he's he tells the kid, he, he gives the kid the ring and he gives him the, the Russian nesting doll and says, Get out of here, go. And he and traps fire and Oh yeah, it's it's lit up, it's crazy. Yeah. And he traps himself and Alfred Molina in, in a large urn. urn that they are then painted on the side mm-hmm. of. <laughs> and the kid runs nice Yeah, the kid runs out and his he, whole class is there. Yep. And they're like, oh, my, what happened? He's like, oh, my God, it's on fire. Don't go in there. But everything was back he to normal. He opens the door and there's nothing happening inside. So they were like, Ooh. you're crazy. Yeah. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> so apparently Steve. the deal with this urn is that it traps people in there for 10 years. Exactly. <laughs> to the day. And apparently, 10 years ago, it was Chinese New Year. <laughs> yeah, and also his birthday. <laughs> and also, yes, Jay Baruchel's birthday. So, and also the day of their field trip. Yeah. It, what a day. A conglomeration of events. So it's 10 years later, and that's the next time we see Nick Cage, obviously, as they burst their way out of this urn. Apparently, some old couple purchased the urn from the antique shop, and he and Alfred Molina come out of the urn. And uh, Nick Cage is wearing his fedora. He he goes to the top of is that the Chrysler Building in New York, that or the Empire the, State? I don't was recall. it the Empire State that has those like overhangs? Anyway, I don't remember. He turns that little overhang into a large metal eagle mm, yes. that he flies around town, and he then goes to fly over to Jay Baruchel's apartment or Jay Baruchel's where he is essentially because Alfred Molina had already found him and it was already attacking attacking Jay Baruchel because Jay Baruchel was the last one to have the Russian nesting doll. And that's what he needs. Yep. Because he's got to free the bad bitch wizard. He's got to free the bad bitch and wizard. And all her gang gang. Yeah, because she can like raise zombies or something. And that's beneficial to Alfred Molina. Not sure why. It's so, like uh, Ghost Rider. Yeah. It's the same I, plot. I guess. It's the same thing. <laughs> this is Ghost Rider too. Uh, well, we'll they get, just didn't we'll, name it that. We'll get there. <laughs> so... Nick Cage is kind of laying everything out to Jay Baruchel about what's happening. And they go to the top of that that building. And he's got a bunch of pigeons there that he's, like, tying messages to. And he's just, like, holding the pigeons really closely. And here's Nick a... Nick is. Yeah. And here's a theory I've got for you, Han. Hmm. I think... Yes. Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. And especially because this is also a Disney movie. Yeah. I think he's trying to be Johnny Depp in the Pirates movies. I think Through he's trying this? to be I think he's trying to be his own kind of Jack Sparrow. Because it's also in the scene that we see he's got these very like floaty hand motions and like he wears the fedora with the long hair and he's trying to be cool with like his leather boots and leather jacket. Yes. And, like, he talks very slowly. This and was subtly. his idea. He mm-hmm. wanted to make a mystical, magical movie where he mm-hmm. also had magical powers right. that he could flex on other people. I think he wanted to be Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Think about 2007 when Nick Cage came up in, came up with the idea for this movie. Yeah. Pirates were huge. Yeah. Yeah. And Harry Potter, as you and said. And Harry Potter. Okay. Yeah, he just he, took those two and was like, I want to do the two coolest things in cinema right now. <laughs> he had an agenda. He really did. Anyhow. So Nick Cage says, okay, help me find the Russian doll. And, and Jay Baruchel's he's apprehensive. He's like, I don't want to be a, a wizard or a sorcerer. So help me and I'll, and you could just be a normal dude. They then go into as Nick, or as Nick, as Hannah mentioned. <laughs> I am now Nicholas Cage. <laughs> as Hannah mentioned, they go into For his, Halloween. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. We should have been. But Halloween was canceled this year. Um, Hannah just stuck her tongue out at me. <laughs> but so they go into his old timey car, as Hannah mentioned. And again, Nick Cage is laying out how how is it possible that that sorcerers exist? And he goes, well, you know how people say you only use 10% of your brains? Oh my God. Or we use 100% of our brains. We talk about this a lot, actually, in it's real life. It's not how that works. It's not at all how that works. You only use 10% of your brain at, at a time. A time. 
And like, because Not you. total. Right. Because like your brain has several different functions. None of them are yes. mystical. Like you use 100% of your brain. Yes. That's why it's there. Exactly. There's not like there's not a there's not just a chunk of your brain that that's you like, need to unlock on level four. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyhow, that's that. Now we get to the Chinatown scene that apparently took five months to procure. Okay. It it says it's almost here. Okay. So we're gonna go have some food. <laughs> Please hold. All right, we are back. Our bellies are full and we're ready to talk about Chinatown. We're ready to crush this thing. So yeah, Nick Cage uh, runs into Alfred Molina at Chinatown because they had both tracked the Russian nesting doll there that's hiding all the bad wizards, or containing all of the bad wizards. Sorcerers. Sorcerers. Apologies. Alfred Molina lets out an ancient Chinese sorcerer who conjures up some real-life dragons, and as we said, it is actual Chinese New Year and there are people parading in the streets. So this scene ultimately concludes with Nick Cage... Defeating both wizards, or, or 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 at least slowing them down enough so that they can get away, Nick Cage and Jay Baruchel. So, this is probably one of the best scenes in the movie for me, is that at the end, when the cops show up and they're like, we had reports of real dragons, Nick Cage uses his sorcery to turn himself and Jay Baruchel... Into his character from World War II. World War Center. World World Trade Center. World Trade Center. <laughs> World War Center. World War Center. <laughs> it's right? The, it's the same character. Is it the same he character? He has the same accent. Well, he's wearing the same he's mustache. Played a, he's played a New York cop a million times. But yeah, maybe it was a throwback. So, but, and he does a completely different accent. He's like, hey, boys, uh, we got the scene covered here. Like, and it was really kind of clever and really yeah, fun. Yeah, it was. And just every other scene where he fights another sorcerer, he never or uses his magic for cool. Other than that, yeah, it's just it's all just like shooting random lasers and blasts of energy. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's like ninety five percent lightning. Yeah, it's and they five percent fire. They do some cool stuff, but I you know I want more of like the mind bending stuff of like the way he describes magic is that you're manipulating molecules yeah so you can't really like (laughs) you can't really like i don't know do something too mystical you can't no yeah but still he does banish alfred molina into a mirror world at some point he throws him into a mirror so i don't know there's some cool stuff but again we i just don't feel there's no i don't feel the magic there's no magic so there's magic but there's no magic for me right so the the cop thing was fun then Jay Baruchel turns to Nick Cage and says, okay, I'm in. I want to learn more. Teach me what you can. And there are a lot of scenes in Jay Baruchel's lab. Now, Jay Baruchel is a college student who's got this lab. Is he or is he a grad student? Well, he's the same age as his love interest. Who? Yeah, but that, you don't have to be 18 to 22 to be a college student. No, you know what, though? I think he said what the scene that happened earlier at the antique shop he said that was really traumatizing for a 10-year-old. So, so he's 20? He's 20. Okay. But he's like a TA. I guess he's an undergrad yeah. TA. Yeah. He's a UTU UTA. or something. Yeah. 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 So they are in this underground lab that was an old subway turnaround station that Jay Baruchel <laughs> has these massive Tesla coils just <laughs> shooting lightning and he gets the lightning to like sing songs to like the different beats. Oh, and, like, we haven't talked about the song that plays three times I, in this movie. I honestly don't even remember the song at this point. Secrets by One Republic. Secrets by One Republic plays no less than three times. It is three times in this movie. It's one of those things where they purchase the movie. They're they purchase the music. They're not gonna not play it. The only two songs that aren't like classical music i would say or, mm-hmm. or just like a score action movie score yeah. are the middle by jimmy, jimmy Eat world. world and secrets by one republic yeah and they only play the middle once, once in the beginning of the movie to be like you're in the year 2000 yeah. so. <laughs> and then it's like now we're in 2010 let's yep. play some one republic yeah so i think in these random training montage scenes of nick cage and jay baruchel together i think what really stands out to me in these scenes and perhaps why the movie isn't as good as it should be like it's got a lot going for it but the, i think the problem is 
that it's just not funny. There are jokes that they throw in there that really just don't, don't land. land. And Nick Cage is like, has That's this true. ring of fire around him. He's like, I'm going to teach you how to be a sorcerer. And Jay Baruchel's like, so should I pee now? <laughs> and it's like, okay, all right. That's huh. kinda okay. Nick's also very mild-mannered. He really it's... does not do anything cagey. That mm. scream we talked about in the beginning. He and does his... some weird things with his hands. Yeah, his general hand movements that because he's trying to be Johnny Depp. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the cageyest thing he does, I think. He cuddled that pigeon. That was yeah, he caressed it. <laughs> he gently. caressed a pigeon on the rooftop. So they decide to take a break. They go to a park bench for a late dinner, and Nick Cage is like, "Why are we at this park bench?" And it's because it's across the street from where the Jay Baruchel's love interest works. And at this point, he's just creeping on her. They're not really that close, Jay Baruchel and the girl, the blonde yeah. girl, and. Nick Cage starts saying about how dangerous it is to be a sorcerer who also loves, who also has love. And when he's saying this, he's <laughs> waving a pickle at his face. He's going to be with. So that oh, was he eats of... a lot of food in that scene. Yes. He's like, I've been trapped in an urn for 10 years. I'm hungry. Yeah. He doesn't eat it like, like the way you think he would. Like when he like eats ravenously. in Peggy Sue. Yeah. yeah. Or like it's the first time he's ever eaten. <laughs> Unbelievable. So he does throw on the fedora at some point along there. There's tons of training montages. I'm just skimming my notes now to see if there's anything worth talking about. He has another fight with Alfred Molina and this Chris Angel type character Mm, who's like, he's like a modern sorcerer who he said that his master left him. Like abandoned him early. Went early. So he decided to become a stage magician. So he's sort of looked down upon by the real sorcerers so anyway he teams up with alfred molina um i'm just looking here again to see if there's anything else like the next next nick cage scene yeah i mean like i like there's a training montage then nick cage goes back to the antique shop to go get stuff from that belonged to his uh veronica 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 his lover his lover then he somewhere f- in between here is when mm-hmm. the mops dance. Yes. Right? Yeah. So it's actually coming up in the next scene after he fights Alfred Molina and the Chris oh, okay. Angel dude in the bathroom and traps uh, Alfred Molina in, in a mirror. mirror. He then they can then go back to the to the lab and there's more training and, and Nick Cage is just laying everything out for Jay Baruchel about everything that happened in the beginning of the movie. And essentially it's like Nick Cage can't age until he's able to kill the evil sorcerer what do we call her the the bad bitch the bad, the bad bitch witch <laughs> <laughs> so he also starts talking about how like i've only seen this one spell done once for human fusion which was when his girlfriend and the yeah. bad bitch witch fused together so he's trying to learn how to do that and they're thinking about doing human fusion doing some practice runs with jay baruchel's dog which i don't know how that would work (laughs) so yeah and then jay baruchel is like trying to clean up for his date with his love interest and all of the mops are everywhere and that's when nick cage comes back and saves him so this is the fantasia scene scene. yeah the fantasia scene it's fun Mm -hmm. so yeah um chris angel dude and alfred molina come back and and they uh, tie up Nick Cage and they disguise Chris Angel was also big and around this time. Oh my god, yeah. I yeah, yeah. So <laughs> then now that Nick Cage is on the ropes because Alfred Molina shows up and they start tossing him around, Jay Baruchel comes and saves the day. Then they go into this car chase and I don't know why they couldn't come up with something cooler. Nick Cage literally flew on a giant metal eagle earlier and now they're just racing around in Ferraris. Yeah, in Manhattan, and one of the Ferraris ran into a Sbarro's and injured <laughs> killed two, two pedestrians. Oh, didn't kill two people, sorry. Yeah. So then... Critically injured. Jay Baruchel decides, okay, I'm going to turn their car into a really crappy car. Here we go. And he accidentally turns their own car into a crappy car. And Alfred Molina and Chris Angel come out of nowhere and with a big like dumpster truck, like a dump truck, and try to crush their car. And then they get halfway through crushing the car and just leave why didn't they kill him i I don't know i don't know why they didn't kill him i don't know i don't know why nick didn't do anything about it yeah like isn't there a sorcery that you can do to uncrush your vehicle (laughs) or change it back to the ferrari so you can drive away yeah 
or turn it into a larger car. I don't know. Or summon your metal eagle. To come and... Or shoot a fireball. Or do something. He right? did nothing. Right? He just let it happen. He was just trying to use his driving skills. He's not a very good sorcerer. No. He, like, forgets that he has all of these incredible powers. A lot. So... But are his powers even that incredible? I mean, yeah. What he can actually do. He can transform things. He can shoot things. He can track things with smoke. (laughs) He does that at one point. So anyhow, they just fucking dip. And they go back to the lab. Then there's another flashback. And we find out that this whole thing is over a girl. Because the girl, Veronica, chose Nick Cage over Alfred Alfred Molina. And that's why he's so upset. So they go. They figure out Alfred Molina's plans. Or they figure out where he's going to be next, at least. And they track him down to Chris Angel's apartment. On the way there, they do a really awkward fist bump. Not sure if you caught that. That was a little weird. Yeah, I didn't like, like that. And he goes, that made me knuckle really uncomfortable. Bump. Yeah, knuckle bump, not like, fist bump. It's like, okay, cool. Touch my knuckles with yours. Yeah, it was really <laughs> odd. So then they go up to the apartment, and Alfred Molina got Nick Cage trapped in some quicksand. And he, and he kidnapped Jay Baruchel's girlfriend and says, give me your power ring. In, in, Merlin's ring. Yeah, give me the ring in the Russian nesting doll. And I'll give you, and I'll spare her life kind of thing. So they trade that. So they figure out what his big plan is. His big plan is to set free the bad bitch witch at Battery Park in New York. And they are going to create a large circle or, or like a, a star Pen- pentagram. Pentagram, yeah. To... But in order to amplify the signal, they need to use the satellites, satellites on all the major buildings in the city. On the, the five, rooftops. like five major buildings. Now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, that's interesting. So they're going to use the satellites to amplify their magical signal from space. But no, they just need something curved to literally bounce the beams off of each other. Yeah, they couldn't have just. Like, use their magical powers to put mirrors or, like, another curved surface, like, anywhere else. No, their magic sucks. They couldn't have, like, fucked off to Antarctica where nobody can find them. They had to do it in New York because that's where these satellite dishes. Yeah, and especially because in order... So, what will come of this pentagram is that that will then raise the dead from all over the world. Right. Not just Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. So, they could have done it anywhere So, they could have done it anywhere. Yeah. You could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us. (laughs) So Nick Cage makes his way over there very sacrificially. He very he's like he's he's he knows he's gonna lose, but he he goes to to try to stop him anyway. He gets his ass essentially handed to him by Alfred Molina, who's now more powerful than ever because he's been just sucking the life force out of other random sorcerers. I keep calling them wizards. I'm sorry. You should be. Yeah. He also brings to life the. Uh, Wall Street Bull comes mm, along. Yes. And it takes way too long for Nick Cage to summon his Metal Eagle to who eventually comes in. He, he yeah. may have been on the other side of the city. Manhattan's I guess. Not small. Yeah, I guess. So also, Jay Baruchel comes and saves the day with his Tesla coils that he straps to the front of his car because remember, Jay Baruchel lost his power ring, so he's not very powerful right now. Powerless. <clears throat> yeah. Presumed powerless. Uh, also, the save the day is saved by Jay Baruchel's girlfriend, who Jay Baruchel is just like, "Hey, go up to the roof of that building and like move this, move the satellite inch dish. to the left." Yeah, and she does it, and everybody's like, "Ah, oh, no, we lost." Oh no, the pentagram oh, it can no. no longer form. What are we gonna do? So there's a bit of a showdown, and and Jay Baruchel it's the most anticlimactic ending. Jay Baruchel realizes that he can do magic without the ring because he's the prime Merlinian, which we did not discuss. Fucking prime Merlinian. Horrible. Nick Cage sees that his girlfriend is inhabited by this old bitch witch. He goes over and kisses the demon away. <laughs> and, Sucks it uh, right out. Yep. And so Jay Baruchel, and it, and it kills Nick Cage actually doing that. It yeah. kills him. Yeah. And so now the, the old bitch witch is like this sort of ghostly figure that Jay Baruchel destroys again without his power ring because yeah. he's the prime Merlinian. Uses some lightning and, and electrocutes her. He says, F it. I'm the most powerful sorcerer in the world. I'll use my magical powers to resuscitate Nick Cage. And he does. Nick Cage 
who and now has his girlfriend who's alive and well, Veronica and Jay Baruchel. From 740 AD. Yep. <laughs> and they're all just standing around Battery Park and Nick Cage has a quick kiss with his girl, but not before she grabs him by the head and his wig essentially comes off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his wig essentially comes off. And the credits roll. And then there's a post credit scene <laughs> that like, is not Nick Cage. But who it's asked just, for this? It's just the, the Fantasia hat yeah. and then Alfred Molina's fedora and somebody grabs it and it's a shadowy It's a bowler figure. hat, please. Oh, sorry. A bowler hat. And uh, <laughs> once again, save it for it's the like, sequel. Save it for the sequel. Save it for the no sequel. No one maybe. asked for this first one. Certainly no one's asking for a sequel. Honestly, there's so much lost potential. I can't quite name it. I think it's because they're trying to be too funny. There is a scene that I glossed over where the girl is coming over to the lab to to pick up Jay Baruchel for a date. Yeah. And Nick Cage is like, no, we have to do more training. So he goes up to answer the door, essentially, and he's like, I'm Jay Baruchel's uncle, Balthazar. Hey, Jay, I'll go get your anti-itch cream. <laughs> like, it just wasn't funny. I think another problem is... Jay Baruchel's character is just so nerdy and not unlikable. I mean, not likable. I think he's likable. He's, but he's just so nerdy. Like he's such a dweeb that it's just hard to see him as anything other than that. And then I think about like, I don't know. I'm thinking about Spider-Man because of Doc Ock. Right. Spider-Man is supposed to be really nerdy, but he's also really fucking cool because he can save the world with his powers. And so can this dude, but he's, I don't think about him as... Someone who can save the world with his powers. I only think about him as a as a nerd. Yeah, they just didn't develop his character into any like I I don't trust that mm-hmm. he, you know, can do much more than the scientific things that he's doing. Yeah, I wonder if they gave him like the coolest thing. Like if it were like, oh, only the Prime Merlinian can harness fireballs or something like that like then he had a thing where he was the fire wizard right maybe that would have done something for them but i I don't know or just had more game with the girl like she just falls in love with him for no reason well he does a lot of really nice things for her he stalks the shit out of her he does stalk her it's because he's stalking her that's for sure the only nice things (laughs) that he does for her are help her study for her physics exam right and play one republic's secrets through, through his tesla through coils his tesla coils he also stops a mugger for her and gets her grandmother's bracelet oh, yeah, back and he also uh repairs the the radio tower because oh, right, yeah. she works at a radio station so he repairs it for her okay but i'm not gonna just no, fall in love with them. someone for doing that for me Right. It's yeah. like thank you. I I'm eternally grateful. However, I will not marry you. <laughs> right. I don't know. So yeah, they both like get the girl at the end and Jay Baruchel flies off in the in the Oh, uh, he's eagle. like you want to go to France? You want to have breakfast in Paris with me? <laughs> and, and first of all, that eagle took like a good 10 minutes to get across Manhattan. Oh, yeah. So you're not going to make it there by breakfast time. No, airplanes can get there by breakfast time <laughs> because they travel at like 400 miles an hour. This bird does not. Anyhow, any other closing thoughts? I think, I, and, well, I no, think we should also just, touch what? on Nicolas Cage and, and just say again about how subdued his character was. Yeah, he he's a sorcerer. He should have been wild. He had n- no personality. The Like the one movie where you'd think like, oh, it's justified for him to be real cagey. He just isn't that cagey. Yeah. I wanted him, I wanted, what I wanted out of this was... For him to have as much personality as his hair had. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Put that in the caption for this week's episode. Holy shit. What a what a beautiful analysis. Yeah. And I think I think I, I said know, this like, earlier. I wanted but... this to be some like um back to the future, like Doc. Yeah. Oh yeah. I wanted him to be fucking crazy. But yeah, no, it was just like fist fights instead yeah, of lame. magic fights. So lame. Nah, I don't know. All right, Han, that's going to do it. Let's do some Nick Cage awards. So the first one we like to do is the best supporting actor. Who are you giving it to this week? Ugh. And there were, there no weren't one was it. good in this movie. I mean, uh, Alfred Molina was pretty good. He was serviceable yeah, as a yeah. villain. I mean, I don't think that either of the love interests were no, good or really weren't. that present. No. There weren't any dogs. There was a dog. There was? Oh, there was a dog. Yeah, <laughs> I mentioned we it. We can give it time. to the eagle. 
the metal eagle, the metal CGI eagle. That's fine by me. Uh, best dress. There's really only like two costumes. Oh, it's the his, fedora. His wizard costume with the fedora and the cop, and the cop costume. So it's got to be the fedora. It's the wizard costume with the fedora and the, and the ramen noodles. Yeah, the ramen noodle, ramen noodle hair is coming out of there. What is the worst Nick Cage scene? I, it's probably the whole beginning. The whole beginning. <laughs> there was, what I, was I the don't one. Know. It was so lame. Yeah. There's so many that I was just like, or this the isn't scene funny. where he's on the bench, like eating the pickle. <laughs> well, I kind of liked that one actually. Okay, fine. I th- I think for me, one of the worst was when he comes up and he's like, "I'm your uncle Balthazar." <laughs> yeah, I hated that. Scene. That was so rough. <laughs> okay, we can give it to that. Okay, the best Nick Cage scene. Anything stand out? Yeah, probably the cop. When he turns them into the cops. I think you could also pair that with the Chinatown scene. I think there were a lot of really cool visuals. Chinatown was cool. Yeah. It took five months to plan. Yeah. You know what? (laughs) The work paid off. Need more of that in this movie. Uh, The best scream. Like I said, he didn't really scream. He did kind of scream in the the Chinatown. No, that first thing that he said. Yeah, he says, because I can read minds. But he also screams in Chinatown, but he's just like, hey, Jay Baruchel, use your ring. No, the, I like, can read minds. Yeah, it's a that. better scream. It's that. Uh, in the most nouveau shamanic moment. His hand gestures. Just generally his hand gestures. His Johnny Depp hand gestures. <laughs> he was holding his eyebrow for a while with his fingers spread. He was, I think he was touching his eyebrow with either his ring finger or his middle finger. Mm. And a finger spread like he, like, like razzle dazzle. Out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like razzle dazzle. Yeah. Like a stage magician. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So, wow. All right. Now you've got a daunting task. Every week it gets harder and harder. Where are you ranking this one? Where is guarding Tess? Oh, boy. That's it's not high. That's for sure. <laughs> it is at 37, actually. What's 36? Uh, G-Force. I think we were right around this area recently. But, yeah, because G-Force is 2035. So. Moonstruck. Mm-mm. So below Moonstruck. Between Moonstruck and G-Force. Yeah, I would... Because G-Force is also like a kid's movie, and this is sort of a kid's movie, I think this is a better kid's movie. Um, I I didn't particularly care for Moonstruck. I but know you didn't, but... He's cagier in Moonstruck than he is in That is true. I lost my hand. Yeah, I lost my, my bride. bride. It's, a, it's the line that we quote probably the most. Oh, yeah. We will, like, yell it to each other across, <laughs> like, on different floors of the house. All right. Well, we can put it there. That's going to put it at number uh, 36. So that's that's where we have it. And what number movie is this? This is 59. So next week is going to be number 60. Yeah. Uh, closer and closer to retirement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so it's, I think we mentioned earlier, Season of the Witch. Don't really know much about it. Whatever. Spooky. It's... We're in the spooky season. Especially after next week. Fucking hell. I don't think it's... Let me double check. I don't think it has... Yeah, it's got an 11 on Rotten Tomatoes. Next Tuesday might be the spookiest day of the year. Yeah. If you haven't, go out and vote. If you live in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And if you don't live in the U.S., just enjoy the show. (laughs) If you're a citizen of the U.S. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Well, that's going to do it, I think. Anything else you'd like to add before we get out of here? No, now I'm sad. <laughs> Don't way to way to end us on a on a great note. I want everyone to feel my pain. Yeah, fantastic. People are driving to work. <laughs> You're just bringing them down before they get into the office. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Don't go watch Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. If there's anything, it. yeah. If you need to pick me up this week, I would not recommend Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> Yeah, All right. go watch Kick-Ass. Yeah, Kick-Ass was much better. And now you know why the Nick Cage bird sings. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Now.